Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MileEyesports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. On Thursday, November 30th, the Larkspur Outlets Home Improvement Store will be auctioning off appliances, lumber, home building supplies, and much more. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, Bruce, let's look at some of these numbers for a minute. The Broncos on offense. They ran 52 plays. They were two for 12 on third down. They had the ball for a total of 25 minutes, one for five in the red zone. They passed the ball 35 times, ran it only 15. Now, Sean Payton talked about that after the game. It had to do with being so bad on third down and third and long. They rushed the ball, ran the ball for 46 yards. If I would have told you all those stats would happen, L. You, you would mark it down as a loss. However, if I would have told you the Broncos would have won the Super Bowl against the Carolina Panthers with 194 yards of total offense, you would have said they would have gotten drilled by Carolina. Right now, when I look at this Broncos offense, they are a perfect combination offensively of the Tebow-led team in 2011, which, oh, by the way, eventually Tebow was figured out. You can make the case, and I've made this case many times before. When they beat Pittsburgh, their Hall of Fame head coach or their Hall of Fame defensive coordinator looked at the blueprint and how to beat Tim Tebow and said, "Ah, we're going to do it our own way. And that's why Tebow went off in that game. They played one safety. That was it. And Tebow found a way to pick them apart. But then you take the Tebow-led offense where you always had belief they were going to come back. And then you take the Broncos offense of 2015 in which they did win a Super Bowl. Neither were very efficient. Neither scored a lot of points. It's the defense specifically in 2015 that carried this team. But at the end of the day, they have belief that they can win the game. And I think you and I both agree we never felt at any point during the game, that the Broncos do not have a chance to win it. Yeah, a chance, absolutely. Um, but I don't feel at one point this game's over. Never no, once. Oh no, 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 no. E- even even on that special teams plan, the fake punt, all of that totally felt. I think the Broncos can win this because they're keeping it close defensively and they're making plays when they need to. Make yeah, plays. I mean, my first thought after the fake punt was, okay, they got to hold them to three, because the because the numbers still made sense. And then they did. And they did. And then they did what they needed to do. In a game like that, you can look bad or not very good for a long time. But if you're sitting there within five points or whatever it was, and you got one more chance left with three minutes and 10 seconds, and you've got three timeouts, you can go win a football game. And that's exactly what the Broncos did. And you know what? They're going to be playing a team on Sunday Mm -hmm. in Cleveland that plays exactly like they do. Yeah. The difference is, overall, the Browns' defense is better. But right now, I don't know if you can claim the Broncos or the Browns' defense is better when you have a Broncos' defense that has forced 12 turnovers over their last three games. Yeah. 
the thing is, we talk about complimentary football. They've been playing great complimentary football because the Broncos have been scoring on those turnovers. It's just only one time they've scored a touchdown in all those turnovers. Yeah. But they're getting field goals, and that's keeping the game close. I think having the Browns game at home is key. Yep. That, that, that's a big key. And, um, and you know, you've got, you've got this momentum, and you can talk about the fits and starts of the momentum that they've produced, but winning has produced enough belief that they feel they can go out and do what they need to do. They've won a game by two. Now, they beat the Chiefs 24-9, to which is an interesting outlier. Then they won by two against the Bills and one against the Vikings. Right. So they're winning late possession games. Got to stay close enough, A. So for all the conversation of, yeah, they didn't really play very well, no, but they stayed close. Right now, when I look back at the 2015 season, what Sean Payton is doing, in a lot of ways to me, mirrors what Gary Kubiak did. And believe me, and I said this at the top of the show. I'm not so sure this is a playoff team. I know they're five and five. I know they've, I know they've won four in a row. I'm just wondering will the law of averages eventually catch up? Maybe they don't. This Broncos team is for the most for the most part has been fully healthy this season outside of one player, and that's Dulcich. Can the Broncos continue to force turnovers defensively at a clip of four a game? I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't either. Right. But right. looking looking at Sean Payton, this is what Gary Kubiak did well. When Peyton Manning was injured, he did a brilliant job of communicating with his players first, and then it went to the media. Gary Kubiak, he did a brilliant coaching job with that team, despite the fact that he was the play caller and that offense was not very good. In a lot of ways, I think Sean Payton has put these players in position to believe that he has taught them how to win. Although, one of his main jobs, his main job is to be the head coach. Sure. But his secondary job, which is just as important, is to be the play caller. And I'm sorry, I don't know if he's done a great job as a play caller. And Mm. please don't tell me this team doesn't have talent. Because they do. They do have talent. Well, they are what they are. I, I, I mean, what is talent? I don't know if they've got talent to be explosive. But I think that they've got talent to win football games with as long as you understand what you have and you're trying desperately to play to their strengths instead of imposing your um, your creative will on them. They have more talent than kicking field goals with great field position following a turnover. Yes. We can all agree Corlin Sutton, specifically in the red zone, has been brilliant. We have seen flashes from Jerry Judy, heck, faking out a defender and getting a few more yards off of it. Then you have Marvin Mims. Javante Williams has been unbelievable coming back from an injury. Samaj P. Ryan has been Mr. Fourth Quarter. And he was fantastic, fantastic with checkdowns yesterday. Wow. Well, but wait, that's the second week in a row. Yeah. That's the second week in a row that he's done it. And Jaleel, listen, um, He's not much of a pass blocker. No. And that and the problem is when he's on the field, everybody kind of knows what's coming. The offensive line certainly has been improved. I don't know what Sean Payton has really done as a play caller, to be perfectly honest with you. Hmm. Maybe he called 
the play, and he probably did, for Sutton's touchdown. But that was a terrific throw, and where only Sutton can get it, and Sutton got it. But as a play caller, I'm sorry. Uh, This team, I think, should be better offensively. But as far as breathing life into a losing locker room after seven, roughly seven seasons, he has done that in spades. Well, and yeah, that's probably, you know what? I, I Here's what I'll say about where the Broncos are right now. I think they've got their best football still ahead of them. Only because the, the, the good of what we're seeing right now is based on just the fact that they've figured out ways to win four straight football games. It's not the manner necessarily in which they've won them. It hasn't been dominating football, although you can make a little bit of an argument for fourth quarter dominance against the Chiefs. That was a fairly good closing statement that they made against the Chiefs. I'll give them that credit. Um, but I I do think that there is, and I don't know how tall the ceiling is, but they can be better offensively. They can be better offensively. The Broncos? Yes, uh, yes, they can be better. Mm-hmm. They have to be better. Yes, they need to be better. They have not been very good, yeah, but they can be better. Can this defense really be much better? Yes, they can. They can be better against the run. They can be better against the run. Yes. But then you throw in, are they really going to average four turnovers a game? Well, you wouldn't think so. And, and and history tells you that that's not the case. Now, they're a very active defense. Yes. And they believe they're going to strip the ball. Right. They believe they're going to get that interception. And when there is that want to there to tug a little bit harder because you've seen what you've done in the past, I think that is a tidal wave of emotion that gets you a few more. Yeah. I think they expect to turn people over now. Right. They're going out and they're expecting to turn people over and they're doing it. Um, so and from and just that stat alone, their inability to score touchdowns after t- over after turnovers is an area that they can prove remarkably. They can be better in the red zone. They were good in the red zone for a good portion of the early part of the season. Ironically, lately, they haven't been as good in the red zone. So there are areas that they can certainly improve in. They can lock down uh, special teams a little bit. You know, we don't even, I mean, look, and it's his job, but Will Lutz was money yesterday. Yep. I mean, all all he was was automatic yesterday. Automatic. You know who's been the most valuable offensive player on that team? Just like in 2015. Brandon McManus? Mm. In 2015. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I, I think Russ is probably the most is the is the MVP on well fourth four fourth quarter comebacks it's pretty hard to argue with that but the most consistent performer yeah there's also Cortland Sutton has scored touchdowns in five straight games now the Broncos are probably if you had to add it up are scoring more points with Lutz than they are with that offense scoring touchdowns yeah so I mean so then Lutz has been their best offensive player I would say that I would respectfully disagree with you and um, because I probably won't use the same metrics that you do. I think Russ has been their best offensive player. Speaking of Russ, we'll talk about this after the break. And so much talk. Is Russ going to come back? Do you really want him back at that contract? 
looking at his numbers, he is screaming, ready for this? He is screaming a raise, <laughs> right? If you just look at his numbers, how much has Sean Payton had to do with Russell Wilson's resurgence, despite the fact this team isn't scoring a lot of touchdowns? And you definitely want him back now. You definitely want him back as the quarterback. That's next. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, smileysports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman on Thursday, November 30th, the Larkspur Outlets Home Improvement Store. Be auctioning off appliances, lumber, home building supplies, and much more. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. For a lot of people, you know, Thanksgiving is a time for family. It's time for having a cocktail, watching football, and a lot of cooking. And for some people, that could be totally overwhelming. Well, I got a suggestion for you. Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew can prepare your entire Thanksgiving dinner, and I got to tell you, uh, it would be one of your best meals of the year. So many different options. Uh, when it comes to sides, you think you make good sides? You should go check out their sides. Unbelievable, homemade desserts, tons of different meats. I think it'll be a Thanksgiving that your family will always remember, not because you didn't do the cooking, but because you made the choice to go with Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew. You can find them off the 36 and Pecos. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Bounce Empire in Lafayette, a 50,000-square-foot indoor amusement park for adults, kids, and families reimagined. Okay, so this is in hindsight, and while it didn't happen, this would have been the game story today if Corlin Sutton doesn't catch that touchdown pass. But he did. Yep. But he did. Right. The game story would have been this Broncos offense. What the hell is wrong with it? That would have been it. Okay. But that one play turned it around and good on them. And I'm going to tell you a quick little story about Cortland Sutton. The day he got, not the day he got drafted, but during his rookie season. It is not an accident that he wins a lot of 50-50 balls. Right. And it is absolutely not an accident that he made that catch. And here is the reason why. When he was a rookie, he and I talked about what he did in high school and what he did in college. He was a three-sport star in high school. He was a center fielder in baseball. He was a basketball player, and he was a football player. And I believe he played basketball at SMU. Under Larry Brown. With that, he was an undersized rebounder. And he said, Eric, one reason why... I'm able to get those 50-50 balls is for this simple reason. 
as a center fielder, I learned how to judge a fly ball and the trajectory of the ball. And as an undersized basketball player, I learned how to be ferocious on the offensive or defensive end, grabbing rebounds. That's why Cortland Sutton can do what he does. And you know what that is as much as anything? A lesson to parents that if you want your child to be a terrific athlete overall, don't just have them play one sport. Oh, I could not agree with you more. It is, I I have never gotten the specialization thing. It makes no sense to me. The skill sets that you that you develop and are able to draw on from different sports are in, are incredible. Yep. I mean, you know, not to mention the whole challenge of leadership. It changes from sport to sport, things like that. Those things are invaluable to getting the full, well-rounded type of athlete that you like to have. Uh, and Cortland Sutton's a really good example of that. No question. A little over halfway through the season, 10 games in, has Sean Payton fixed Russell Wilson? I don't – fixed to me is but, such but, a I, – I, I don't – I mean, I, 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 he's never used that word. Um, well, he doesn't have to after what he did last year. We're using it, right? I mean, I, fixed him, found him. I like the Chris Collingsworth who was calling the game last night. They have found Russell Wilson. And the biggest stat that Russell, look, the four come from behind wins, that's huge. But the biggest stat for Russell Wilson right now, he's not turning the ball over. That's a pure design of play calling and of Sean Payton saying, we're not going to try to do too much here. And because I think that he understands and realizes limitations, limitations with Russ limitations with the offense. I think he's trying to be true to what he thinks he has with this offense. Okay. So if Russell Wilson is who he is in his mid-30s, I'll go back in Broncos history. When I look at when Jake Plummer was here, the saying went, Shanahan could not fully open his playbook to Jake Plummer because Jake had some limitations. Okay. All Jake did was win, and it's not like they had a dominant defense like they have at least over the last four games, right? Right. Wilson had a dominant defense for a while in Seattle, Mm -hmm. also had a dominant run game with Marshawn Lynch. But if Sean Payton is designing plays, not giving Russell his full playbook, why would he want to keep him? Because he can win with them. Well, I mean, you, you, well, you, you're you're into him for how much? A hundred and what? How much? A hundred and eighty-seven million or whatever it is. You're winning with him now because the defense has forced twelve turnovers. Well, the offense is doing its part. It well, uh, it, it, not as much. They hold on, hold on. If the Broncos' defense forces six turnovers in three games. The Broncos win one of those because remember it came with great field position as well, Mm -hmm. which turned into the Broncos moving the ball has been a challenge. Yes. Okay. Right. So take away some of those field goals. And oh, by the way, in their four games, seven touchdowns and 14 field goals. They've won close games outside of the chiefs game where they scored 24 points and three touchdowns in that game. 
But looking at the game against the Packers, that was a two-point game. Yeah. Look, Looking at the Bills game, which, if we're being completely honest, 12 men on the field certainly helped. But that was a close game as well. And then last night's game was a close game. Gee, the NFL has close games. Well. I but, mean, you know, that's just part and parcel of the NFL. Well, uh, Mr. Smart Alec, the NFL also <laughs> doesn't have 12 turnovers in three games. So what's your point? My point is, if you're going to look at Russell Wilson, and his, to me, his most impressive numbers are those fourth quarter comebacks. Yeah. That, that is vintage Russell Wilson. Yes, it is. That is what he does. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to limit the playbook and count on great field position and turnovers. Well, who says he's limiting the playbook? I, I mean, I don't know if I, I think that he's shaping the playbook based. This is, the, to me, the victory of Sean Payton to this point. And remember, we're talking about a five and five football team here. OK, so mm-hmm. let's let's make sure that we're keeping it in the proper perspective. OK. I think that he is, I, I think the greatest thing that Sean Payton has done to this point, and you've t- touched upon it, and I agree with it, is finding a way to infuse this team with some belief and with confidence that the path that they're on is the right one. Now, how to do that, Sean talks about it all the time. Demonstrated ability. You have to prove that you can do it before before you can gain the confidence and hence the belief that you can do it. So now this football team, and they're doing it in in stops and starts. It's not a smooth, well-oiled machine by any stretch of the imagination, but they are doing things at key times where in the past they couldn't do those things. One of the biggest mistakes that John Elway made following winning the Super Bowl was thinking this defense won us a championship and we don't need a great quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So with that, it's a lot easier to keep one guy than it is 11. And eventually that defense is going to, you're going to lose guys like you did Malik Jackson and Danny Trevathan. Yeah. And you can make the case they haven't had a linebacker who can cover tight ends since Danny Trevathan. So if you are going to build your team next year around running the ball, protecting Russell Wilson from making mistakes, and relying on a great defense, all you have to do is look at what happened with John Elway. Hmm. That That is going to be a mistake. Hmm. Because right now, this offense is having a difficult time moving the ball. Lots of three and outs. They are living a charmed life, and their faith and belief in coming back is real. I am with you on that. I am not suggesting Russell Wilson is the problem. What I'm suggesting is the law of averages is going to play out. The law of averages is going to play out when it comes to, and I'm the only guy thinking this town beating this drum, or maybe I'm the only guy who recognizes it. They have been healthy almost the whole year. You are not going to have that next year. You're not going to have that. No, but you might have better depth, and that's part of the problem with this roster. You don't have great depth. Um, you've got to develop better depth and have trust deeper down the the roster than you can go right now. You're not going to find, you're not going to find a whole bunch of Jaquan McMillans. You're not. You think you might, but you're not. You know, by the way, he was undrafted. 
You're not going to find a whole bunch of those guys. And if you think you are, you're fooling yourself. So I love what Russell Wilson has done. What I'm saying is I think Peyton is protecting Russell from himself. I think there's elements of that. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I'm totally in on that, but I, but I think that there are elements of that. Don't, there are elements of, we don't want to put guys in positions that they hurt us with their decision-making. And that's, I think where he is with Russ, you know, they're, it, it will be interesting to see because I don't think that that book has been written on Russ. He's got a lot of statistical metrics that look great, but you know how you know how statistics are. You can twist them any way that you want. Outside of and and really, this is what you, you can make the case you pay a quarterback for. Sure, is the fourth quarter right? And oh, by the way, let's look back at some more history. How many times in the nineteen eighties? Did we watch Dan Reeves run an offense needing Elway to bail them out? Yeah, right. The difference is John Elway is John Elway. Yeah. And Russell Wilson is in his mid-30s. There's all kinds of Broncos history that you could look back on. Elway, run the ball, run the ball. Okay, John, bail us out. You can't. It's third and seven. Oh, well, we'll just punt the ball. It's not as if that Broncos defense was lights out in the 1980s. I understand that they went to a bunch of Super Bowls. So are the do the Broncos have a sustainable model? No. Your, okay. They do not. It, it has to improve. They have a, They don't have a sustainable model for a couple of reasons. One, if your model is 12 turnovers in 3 games, that's not sustainable. If your model is we're going to stay healthy outside of Greg Dulcich the entire season, that's not sustainable either. If if you if your model is we have a guy who has a history of leading comebacks in the fourth quarter, but quarters one through three, offense doesn't do much, that's not sustainable either. You can make the case that was sustainable for Elway's Broncos. Mm-hmm. Okay. You could also cherry pick it and, and, and make make the case that was sustainable. For Tebow's Broncos, you can make the case that was sustainable for the 2015 Broncos, but let's look at the word sustainable. Do you think in 2012, if Tim Tebow was the quarterback, that they would have come close to going to the Super Bowl? Hell no. Do you be- And let's look at the 2015 Broncos, which is similar to this one. Great defense. They didn't force 12 turnovers in three games. But what happened in 2016? and 17, and 18, and 19, and now here we are today, clearly not sustainable. Look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. After their great defense had a run to win a Super Bowl, what did they do after that with Trent Dilfer? What did the Ravens do after they won a Super Bowl with a marginal quarterback? I'm sorry, it was Trent Dilfer was with the... um, it was Brad Johnson right, with who was the, with, with, with the Buccaneers. And it was Dilfer with the uh, Ravens. With that great yeah. defense, right. the blueprint was there that it wasn't sustainable. Baltimore had trouble making the playoffs after they won the Super Bowl. The Buccaneers weren't very good after they won a Super Bowl because they didn't have the quarterback. You have a quarterback who's in his mid-30s, and he's not getting a lot done 
but in the fourth quarter, and that's great. Is that sustainable? History suggests no. For one season, yes. History suggests no, though, long-term. Although history does suggest that Russell Wilson does it pretty damn well. Yes. When- he, he's one of the better ones in, in that particular metric. So let's get back to your original question because it's a good one. Is Russell Wilson the starting quarterback or the the the, the quarterback answer for next year? I think he's the right. I, I, I think, think he's the guy. I think he's the right formula for this. I'm not suggesting get rid of him. Oh no, I, I'm not saying that you are. But I'm saying, but 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 what I guess I'm for what they're paying. There's there's a couple of twists and turns to get to this answer. And let's get to that right. after the break. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. On Thursday, November 30th, the Larkspur Outlets Home Improvement Store will be auctioning off appliances, lumber, home building supplies, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com. And by the way, if you've been listening to the entire show or certainly the last segment, I'm not trying to be, and I don't think you are either, trying to be a Debbie Downer about winning four games in a row and with the way that they won. And it has been exciting and they are back in the playoff picture, yada, yada, yada. But I also think it's important to be realistic to ask yourself the question, how sustainable is this model that they have that has been working over the last four games? And that model has to continue to develop, to evolve. It, it, it's still in, kind from a standpoint of success, it's still in relative infancy. It needs to continue to evolve. The first question you always have to ask yourself, when we start thinking about the twists and turns of a guy with the contract that Russell Wilson has, does he give them the best chance to be successful moving forward? The next level is, would he be the guy if he wasn't owed all that money? Would he be the, would he be the guy? And if they are married to him next year, then they're probably married to him through 2025. Those are the three things that, for me, are the big questions right now. Let me ask you something. Sure. We watched Josh Dobbs yesterday. To me, he was the better quarterback. Hmm. I think, actually, the Vikings were the better team. The Broncos found a way to win a game when the other team played better. Well, Josh Dobbs had a running game. The Broncos had no running game. That helps a lot. 
And Josh Dobbs, I've seen a lot of football. I just wasn't quite as familiar with his escapability. And his calmness. Yeah, very much so. And his poise in the pocket when everything was collapsing. Did a good job. Russell doesn't have that poise. The interception to, to McMillan wasn't, was not a good moment. No. He, what Dobbs did do more than a few times, he, he made some decisions that were beyond head scratching that could have turned into more picks. Yes, that's exactly right. It could have, you know, it was plus three, it could have been plus five just as easily. It really could have been. Right. But to your point, he was an impressive guy. Yeah. I, I don't know if he was the best. For me, I don't know if he was the best quarterback on the field. But I, I would certainly I would certainly listen to that. Um, so I think that Sean Payton is in the midst of figuring this out. I, I'm with you. I think right now I would probably go with Russ, and I would go with Russ somewhat enthusiastically next year. He has... Proven to me his ability to win football games late. They've got to be better offensively. They're not there yet. I'm wondering that pass downfield to Troutman. Where has that been all season? Right. Where has that been? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, teams are trying to stop the Broncos running the ball. Sure. So you would think that would be opportunity for Russ to get the ball downfield. Well, it sure as hell is going to be next week because it's tough to run on the Browns. Right. Really tough. And the reason why I brought up Dobbs was he's been instant magic, instant offense with no OTAs, no training camp, no nothing. Yeah. And now we're 10 games into the season, and you can make the case, the Broncos' offense. Oh, if, if you were just going to... Look at the Broncos' offense as a whole mm-hmm. during this four-game winning streak. Okay. How good would you say they are? Average. And what makes you honestly think when you the guy pulling all the levers who's in his mid-30s is suddenly going to go Rich Gannon on you? Well, I don't know if it would be suddenly because here's the thing that changes the entire equation. While I would say in a broad scope, that they have been an average offense. They've been atypical with their results. They've been great in the fourth quarter. They won the fourth, fourth quarter yesterday 12-3. to It's the difference in the game. But the law of averages says you're not going to come back all the time. No, and, and, and you're right. But the law of averages may nick you once or twice, but... Can the Broncos continue to win? There is one game left on this schedule that I think you and I would agree with is a bridge too far from them, and that would be going to Detroit. Right. Other than that, show me a game that they, now no, they're in. They're in some. They're in some deep water against Cleveland, but they only scored thirteen now that against the Steelers. But at home, they're, they're only coming off a thirteen-point performance. Their strength is defensively. I don't think that you would look at that and say, and they're four and a half point favorites, by the way, already. I say, I don't care about that stuff. Really? No, I don't care who the favorite is. I care who wins. Well, well, the Broncos have won four in a row. So there you go. Right. So, so, 
so what do you so I don't know what you're saying. Point point spreads don't matter to me. Okay. Results do. So they've well, won yeah. four straight games. So the fact that their favorites going to the next game, who cares? Um what does that have to do with anything? Oh, I think it has to do, do you do you think that's part do you think when Peyton addresses the team he brings that up? No, I think that, that you think the players look at that? No, I don't think that they do when they're underdogs either. That's I, fine. I, I really don't. But I do think that there is a I think that there's a tangible belief in that this football team has at this particular point that is helping them greatly. They are riding a wave of quoting Deion Sanders. We do believe we're coming. In and fact, Jerry Judy said it. Yeah. Coming off the field yesterday. That is a feeling that very few football teams get. Right. And good on them. Good on Jewel and Sutton and Bowles and Simmons, who have never truly felt that. Can you ride that wave? Yes. Are you walking that tightrope? Yes. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? We'll get into the Nuggets and Avs performances from the weekend. And with Joe Burrow's season-ending injury, are the Bengals still contenders in the AFC? That's next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, smileysports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman on Thursday, November 30th. The Larkspur Outlets Home Improvement Store will be auctioning off appliances, lumber, home building supplies, and more. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino and Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Alrighty, just in case you missed it, on Friday after our show, it was announced that Joe Burrow will miss the rest of the season with a torn ligament in his wrist. The Bengals have the same record as the Broncos at 5-5 five and five and are in last place in the competitive AFC North division. Does Burrow's season-ending injury take the Bengals out of the playoff chase? Well, I don't think it takes them out of the playoff chase. I mean, they're still 5-5, five and five, and Browning is a capable, uh, I suppose he's a capable backup. We'll, we'll see. I mean, certainly not Joe Burrow. So I wouldn't bury the, the Bengals yet, but obviously the road is much tougher now. He is the straw that stirs the drink for them. His coolness in the pocket, just his entire aura, he gives that team confidence. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. I don't know who's who's his backup. Jake Brown. Uh, Jake, Jake Browning. Jake yeah, Browning from, from Washington. Washington. Yeah, they're in trouble. 
I don't think he's that bad, to be honest with you. And I, I think Jake Browning's okay. I think uh, Jake Browning is okay, and I think that division is arguably the best in football. Is arguably the best in football. Hence the word arguably. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, the, the yeah. Ravens are really good. The yep. Browns' defense is fantastic. Right. How the Steelers, even though they, even though they lost yesterday, uh, they keep winning with no offense. Right. You know, Mike Tomlin's done a pretty good job. Although, hard to argue, frankly. Although, after the game, Najee Harris was asked, is everybody all in? And he kind of refused to answer the question. <laughs> Funny how that works sometimes. Yep. All right, just in case you missed it, also since our last show on Friday, the Nuggets dropped two games on the road, first Friday at the against the Pelicans and then last night against the Cavs. So the Nuggets, are uh, they start off their five-game road trip 0-2. They play again tonight at Detroit, who is an NBA worst 2-12 this season. Uh, thoughts on the rough start to the road trip for Denver? Haven't played defense. That's all I got for you. Yep. Just haven't, haven't defended at a high level and uh, – they should win tonight, uh, but uh, last year I think they lost to Detroit twice, didn't they? They did lose at home against Detroit, yeah. like right before Thanksgiving, right. right? Like this year. So to your point, Jamal Murray's not going to help you with your defense, and I don't mean that as a knock on him. I'm saying that if you're not playing good defense, it's not because Jamal Murray's not in the lineup; it's because you're not playing good defense, right? And that's an issue, right? Last two games. All right, just in case you missed it, uh, the Avs came up with a big-time win on Saturday at Dallas, scoring six unanswered goals to beat the Stars 6-3 to after falling behind in the second period 3-0. to uh, Valeri Nichushkin has found his scoring touch lately. He has five goals in his last five games. Uh, in interestingly enough, since he became a father, uh, Avalanche played tonight in Nashville, kind of a homecoming for Ryan Johansson. How are we feeling about the Avs after three straight wins? Biggest win of the year? Coming back from 3-0 down in Dallas to win 6-3, do you think? Say it again. Biggest win of the year for them? Huge win. I thought it was huge. I'll say this. Huge. You just said he became a father, right? Yeah, Natushkin. Yeah, when when did he become a father? Uh, five games ago. Five games ago. I think there's probably a pretty good chance he's not going to be caught in a hotel room during the playoffs with a woman who's all drugged out. Why? Because he's a father now. You kind of look at life a little bit differently right. when you have kids and you don't make irresponsible decisions, or at least you hope that you limit your irresponsible decisions. Boy, how much better are they when he's going, man? Yeah. Wow. And, by the way, he did it against his former team. Which is even better, right? Right. That was Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed it, they always have great specials right now. All wines from Italy, 15% off. Hey, Thanksgiving is coming up. You know you're going to have some cocktails around, depending on how much you can tolerate your family. So if you put in a big order over 200 bucks. Perfect for Argonaut because they can deliver. <laughs> right? I just get the biggest chuckle out of that sentiment. You how much you can tolerate your family. You don't know my childhood, oh, apparently. Oh, gosh. All right. Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Find them off of Colfax. See why Westford calls them the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Gordon and Alex, great job as always. Same with you, Bruce. I'll try and do better tomorrow. Make it the best possible day you can. Walking through the streets of Soho in the rain. Looking for the place called Lee Ho Fox. Gonna get a big dish of beef chow, man.